You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. And of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. What's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited to be back with you with another episode and my guest, superstar Tim Story. Tim, my friend, how are you today? What is going on in your world? I'm doing good. I'm just loving the whole black and white thing you got going on with the shirt, the white background. Bam, you're looking good. I appreciate that, man. You know, a lot of people have said that recently, and I think I'm going to keep it the same. Though there is a quote I've been contemplating putting behind here from Jay-Z. It says, people around you saying that you changed. Well, I didn't do all this work to stay the same. And so the white background might have a quote on it. I'm, I'm undecided on it. Tim, I, I want to start. A, I've, I've spent years researching you and, and learning about you. And so first and foremost, it's an honor to have you on the show. We, we share many mutual friends, and they all, of course, speak very highly of you. And this opportunity felt like a great way for us to help give your knowledge, your information to the Unbroken Nation, these incredible groups of people who are trying to change their world and putting in massive action every day. And, and the question I want to start off here is, is very simple. How does a little boy from Compton with several siblings and, and a massive loss at such a young age who goes to seminary become one of the most prolific leaders in the world? Hey, well, thanks for the compliment. So I think that it's, you know, it's really like one step at a time. It's, um, you know, like growing up with innocence and creativity and loving Motown music and loving to dance and loving soul train. And, but then later finding out like, we don't got that much money. So it's almost like, you know, you want Levi's, but you get plebeis. You want a converse, but you got something else. So I think that I had the fantasy, then I had the reality of how our lives were, right? But truly from education, conversation and observation, we get Tim's story. So people help me with education, help me with conversation. I had observation of certain people I wanted to be like, and I just started to grow. And then here I am now. In that, one of the things I, I, I see happen all the time, so little context since we don't know each other that well, I work with adult survivors of childhood trauma. And that myself is my story. At four years old, my mother cut off my right index finger, she was a drug addict, alcoholic. I was homeless as a kid, drug addict at 12, you name it. How do you leverage those people who speak into you to become you? Because I think so often we have these people, they're like right there and, and maybe it's a cart before the horse, but, but how do you actually leverage that and, and entertain it and bring it in and sit with it and allow it to be absorbed? I think your challenges were more intense than mine. Because I feel that, you know, even though I was raised with a father who struggled with many things and my parents were very volatile, it wasn't to the point of like a mother inflicting pain on me, right? So it's not just the, the surroundings that you faced, but it was also 
like the abuse that was physical. I never had that. So sorry that you went through that. But I, I think it's difficult. And I think that that's why most people are overcome by it. And it gets within the fabric of them. It's almost like this. If, if somebody smokes in your house one or two times, it'll only penetrate your furniture so much. But if they, if they lived in your house for 30 days and smoked every day, it's going to penetrate the fabric of every part of your house. And so, Michael, that's what's happened to people is that the negativity has penetrated them. We have to be real about that. The doggone it, that stuff got in me. And maybe that's why I'm triggered. Maybe that's why I respond this way. Maybe that's why I have these actions. So how do I now reverse the curse that's in my life? And that's what I'm good at. I teach people how to turn their setbacks into comebacks. I think that's everything, but how do you do that? And what I want to do is approach this from a practical way because so many people are stuck, right? And they're like, I can't, I shouldn't, I don't know if I can. What does Tim bring to the table to help create that reframing for people? What I bring to the table is what I learned from my therapist to start with, Dr. Helen Mendez, who taught at USC. She's now deceased, but she literally changed my life. Uh, first time I saw her, I was 30 years of age, and um, she really took me to a process that me and her ended up creating together. Uh, the number one, you have to become awake, and the whole idea is sometimes we sleepwalk through life, and you have to become awake. And then secondly, you have to take inventory. But this is like, this is from one of the top psychologists in the world saying this. This is not just some motivator saying like, we got to take inventory. But, you know, she had some depth to what she was saying. So you have to become awake. Secondly, you have to take inventory of like, where are you really? So you like to go by Michael? Is that what you go by? Yes, please. Okay. So Michael, with your life, when you were going through what you were going through, you had to go like, whoa, that was pretty whack. Like she injured me. That was pretty whack. Look what she did to me. Look what she said to me. So that's like taking inventory, being realistic about where we're at, right? So you become awake, got to take inventory. Number three, and this is what you're doing on Unbroken, you have to partner with the right people. And this is where people miss it. You have to partner with somebody who's stronger than you more knowledgeable than you in this particular area that you're trying to turn your setback into a comeback. Make sense? Yes. So a lot of people in the past, they didn't have the right people to partner with. In today's world, man, we can go to a TED Talk. We can get somebody's book. We can get somebody's book on tape. We can listen to the Unbroken podcast. We can listen to Tim's story at 10X. So our lives can be changed in a different way. And it's all like, attainable much more than it was, let's say in the sixties, seventies, and even eighties. Yeah. I, I think that's very true. I, I think about my life and my trajectory going and hitting this massive rock bottom at 25 years old without personal development. I cannot imagine I would be where I am right now. And so I have so much gratitude for people like you and Oprah and Tom Bilyeu and John Lee Dumas and who have put together these this knowledge, this wealth of information for us. But something came to mind as you were speaking that I recalled that you, you've mentioned before that I want to dive into because 
A, I believe that you're spot on and I totally agree with you, but I think that people fail to nourish that. And you said something that has held true in my life for a very long time. He who works his land shall have abundance. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the parlay in that experience and in that growth? Yeah, and it really goes with these points. So you have to become awake, take inventory, partner with the right people. But your land is what's in front of you. Okay, so like with with Michael's land, as a 25-year-old who found out you were in a setback, in order to get out, you had to become awake, take inventory, and partner with people. So let's say people then gave you advice. Okay, you're struggling with addiction. This is what you need to do. You're struggling with self-esteem, self-worth. This is what you need to do. So your land is what's in front of you. Now, little did I know that this proverb that I got from the Bible would echo all over the world through the voice of Tim's story. Because this is what I'm really known for. And now I've been to 76 countries of the world. And soon it'll be 79 within the next four months. And he who works his land is Proverbs 12, 11, shall have abundance. But whoever chases fantasies lacks wisdom. That's Proverbs 12, 11. To work your land means you got to plow the ground. You got to plant the right seed. You got to water the seed. Then you'll get the harvest. Michael, everybody wants a harvest without the plow, 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 plant, 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 water, water, water. Then you get the harvest. How powerful is that? You got to plow, you got to plant, you got to water, then you harvest. What would you say to those who hear this and they look out their door and they say, well, my land is barren and burned? Well, I would say, number one, that I understand that because it could be they were abused. It could be they lost everything because of a setback. It could be they have cancer. It could be they're struggling with anxiety, mental illness. So I'm not giving quick solutions here. I mean, I'm the guy that gets in the trenches with the biggest celebrities in the world. And um, and when I'm with these people, male and female, I'm not always trying to give fancy answers. I'm just like sitting in the in the in the crap with people. That's my strength. But when they're ready to hear, then I do believe this. I believe that. Life will make a way where there seems there is no way. And you look at where Oprah Winfrey started, abuse, early pregnancy by her, losing a child, um, feeling unorthodox, trying to find her way. And she is one of the most well-known persons on the planet from Mississippi. She was hurting in Mississippi now one of the most well-known people on the planet. So you never know what's going to happen if you're willing to cooperate and plow the ground, plant the seed, water the seed, and reap the harvest. Sometimes you got to see things that are not there yet by faith. With, with that said, and I'm hearing this, I'm absorbing it. And that's why I just had this moment. I was like, that's so true. I look at all these experiences of my life and would have led me to this moment. And even the thousands of people that I've coached, I'm like, this took patience, took grace. It took empathy. It took so many things. And and you said something, you've got to be ready to hear it. 
what do you think is the transitional moment that people have in common in which they're ready to hear? Is if there even is one? You no, know, I think that it's, it's different things for different people. So rock bottom to to you may be a different rock bottom to me. Somebody somebody get a DUI is rock bottom, and to others some somebody else is not. It's like oh I'll get through that I'll just keep rolling. So I think that that you could either learn from the rocks or learn from the rudder. And so I would rather be led by the rudder on a ship than continue to hit the rocks. So for me, seeing my family hit rocks, hit rocks, hit rocks, hit rocks, hit rocks, for generations, I decided to start walking in wisdom and lead my family through the rudder. And so I think it's just like, an aha moment where you just like, I love, I love rap. So it's like Kanye West, wake up, Mr. West, Mr. West, Mr. Everybody's best. You got to wake up, you got to wake up. And so whatever your wake up is, that's it. Then you got to just say what I'm doing is not working. I just heard Tim's story on unbroken podcast. He was dope. Michael's dope. I think I'll pay attention. Plow, plant, Water, harvest. Nobody feels like plowing. You think farmers feel like going out there and plowing? <laughs> no, they do it because they walk by faith and they look for the harvest in their mindset. You walk by faith. Yeah. Yeah. For, for those who feel so disillusioned by faith because all they felt is failure, all they felt is the world on top of them, all they felt is the world saying, you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not capable enough, you don't deserve it, you'll never have it. For those people who have just been so obliterated by the world that we live in, unfortunately, how do they find faith? Probably first and foremost with themselves, but in the yeah. world. So I would say, again, I'm not the guy... I got all this currency here from different countries because I did something on finances recently. So I got all this currency that's from Singapore. There's a queen from England, South African rand. This is the peso. This is the, the crown from Norway. This is an Indonesian currency. The reason I did all that is I'm not just trying to divvy out currency and say, uh, this will change your life with just this exchange. No. What some people are going through, your people that are listening to me, your crap is deep, man. It's deep-rooted. And that's one reason your grandma never got free. Some of your parents never got free. But you got to get to the point where you just say, man, I'm sick and tired of this cycle. I'm going to find a way up and out. I'm going to find a way up and out. And if there's a way, I'm going to find that way. Michael, some people are not willing to do it. So some people are going to just stay dormant, and it's going to hit most likely the next generation. But for me, I decided to stop the insanity in my family. It's a, it's a choice. It's a choice. And this Helen Mendez, man, even though I was already successful at that age when she got me at 30, she like shook me up, man. That lady used to irritate me. She used to, she used to shake greatness, you know, and, and, and she irritated me. And she, she was like, do you want to be like, do you want, I mean, she really got to me. 
And she, she, she made me want to rise to the standard that life created me to rise to. So it's just, it's a choice. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, unfortunately, it's a, a hard reality for people to sit in is the truth of it. Like you every day, like Tim, I quit smoking 3000 times. You know what I mean? It was like, I had not yet made the choice. I'd been contemplating it. I'd been like, Oh, I'm going to quit today. And the next thing you know, boom, I'm smoking or I'm drinking or I'm whatever that thing is. And it was when I, I came to this place in my life and I, I don't know if you'll resonate with this in any way at all. I stopped negotiating with myself. I literally looked at my life and said, I'm going to do this anyway, whether it hurts, whether they're suffering, whether it's painful, I'm going to push myself through this that I have. I think that's smart, but it has to be coupled with an accountability partner. So in everything that I do, I partner with power. Dude, we're going to talk ourselves in and out of situations. So I, I like, for instance, like Ben Greenfield is super good with health like one of the best in the world. So it's nice that I get access to people like that. So I make, not make, I, I have Ben help me in certain things about health and nutrition. So I feel accountable to him. So that makes me not want to go through the McDonald's drive-thru. Does that make sense? Because yes. I got Ben Greenfield in my ear. So people need to get you in the ear as far as like uh, being somebody who's resilient, gets back up, gets moving, gets things done. But yeah, you got to have you and the willpower, but you need the accountability partner. No doubt about it. Yeah. It's one of our very mutual friends, Brandon Dawson talks about collaboration as the new currency. Yeah. And I think about I love Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Yeah. I love him too. He's a, he's an incredible mentor in my life. One of the things that, that actually just triggered for me as you were going through this is I remember you once saying, I don't chase dreams. I cooperate with them. I don't, chase anything. I don't chase anything. You know, because of being in Beverly Hills for so many years, I've been rocking and rolling in Beverly Hills since 1990 with the biggest stars in the world. And I would get offered stuff. I wouldn't even get offered movie roles, like big movies, not small. And if I wasn't in the mood, I wouldn't do it. Okay. Uh, I'd get off with this. I'd get off with that. They'd say, if you go here, you're going to meet. And I'd go, I'm good. They go, what do you mean you're good? I'd go, no, I'm good. No, I'm working my land. I'm plowing. I'm planting. I'm watering. My harvest is coming. Here's what I believe. I'm about to blow your audience away. Okay. Here's the good stuff, guys. This is why you pay $99.95 for this uh, podcast today. I believe this, you build your spot and God will put the spotlight on your spot. I ain't trying to put the spotlight on my own spot. I'm just building my spot. I became so good at something, people need to come and get me. Did you just catch that? That, that makes me think of be so good they can't ignore you. Hey, Michael, if it's 100 and three degrees, and your air conditioner goes out. Who are you looking for? Calling the HVAC guy. Boom. If we're in a pandemic and you need to come back. Hey, Unbroken Nation, we'll be right back to the show. But I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, 
for free. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, you can download the PDF ebook version of the book and get everything that I know about the baseline of healing trauma for free downloaded to your email right now. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to download your copy of Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for a PDF for your phone. Again, that is book.thinkunbroken.com. On Tim's story. If you're a celebrity and all your friends got helped by one man, who are you going to call? Yeah, Tim's story. He's the guy, right? All right. So if you got ghosts, who are you going to call? <laughs> so, so but okay so let's go in that a little bit deeper that was that was a cool riff though because it was, it was a great job. Like but i just was like rhyming like i was flowing but i, I, I guess dope is that i never said or thought that i'm more grand than the next guy i just created my own little secret sauce again if it's hot 103 and your air conditioner goes out. You got to get that guy in. You got you got to you got to create something that we need. Two things come to mind in that. One is this idea that I've been sitting with I'm wondering if this holds true for you that you only build confidence through consistently doing incredibly uncomfortable things. And two that those uncomfortable things will lead to failure. And so what I'm curious about is as you're navigating building not only your confidence in what you've done, but navigating the failure, how do you reconcile that with who you are as a person? Yeah. So I would, I would add a Lego to what you said. You know, okay. you know what a Lego is? hundred percent. What happens? They, they attach. So, you build confidence not just by doing uncomfortable things. You, you build confidence also by doing comfortable things over and over and over and over and over and over again until they become an amazing routine. And that's why you have this book, Atomic Habits. So you build that freaking habit. That's what I've done in speaking. The reason I'm such a good speaker is because I created habits. Like people always come up to me like, oh my God, like, how do you speak like that? I want to speak like you. Yo, I've been reading out loud three to five times a week since I was in high school. I read out loud in my room. I get a book. This is a book, somebody else's book. And I read out loud like this, Michael. I read, I read. So my diction pops. Watch in most Tim Story speeches, you hardly hear me miss a word. Pop, 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 pop. That is me working a discipline over, over. Now, that's not uncomfortable for me to do. It's something I want to do, right? But there are a lot of things that I do that are very, 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 very uncomfortable, like continue to eat correctly or continue to have a trainer that's making me do things I don't feel like doing on certain days, right? So I think it's the comfortable and the uncomfortable Lego together, and you just create those atomic disciplines and those atomic habits, okay? Yeah. So I just added a Lego to your brilliance. That's all I did. 
Yeah, I, I love that. I've never contemplated that before. And in real time, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you know, there was a lot of open mic nights that have led to this moment. There was a lot of speaking to four people and 12 before I spoke in front of 10,000 with Grant Cardone. There was yeah. a lot of all of that building the confidence and the comfortability. And I, I've never thought about that before. And I think you're so right. Um, in that, you know, so I want to go back to this idea about failure, though, because I think people get caught in this so often. You talk about the idea of never wasting a failure. What does that mean? Well, I think that the, to quote uh, Ford from the Ford automobile, Henry Ford, he says, failure gives me the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. So I agree with Henry. Good going, Henry. Uh, I agree with that. So if I fail at something, whatever. I'm not tripping. I'm not good at everything. But why aren't you tripping? I'm not tripping. I remember coming into Russell Simmons' office like 20 years ago. And I was trying to do a project with him. And he was telling me, because he was just like blowing up, you know. And he goes, Tim. I throw 10 things against the wall and three stick. And he says, I would miss the three things that stuck if I start worrying about the seven things that did not stick. So I do my best to things. I got best-selling books, okay? I got, you know, uh, a new TV show at all the airports. I'm in 90 airports of the world. Nobody else has that. I got two new TV shows coming out this year. Big ones, big ones. I'm working on a Broadway play. I get to do all these fun things. But y'all don't know about the five things that have not worked in the last three years. I got like five mega things that have not worked. I've lost a lot of money over the last 20 years, but I made a lot of money as well. So I'm not tripping on those things because failure gives me the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. So I'm a lot smarter than I was in my, let's say, 20s or 30s. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I sit and I think sometimes when I'm 60, I'm going to be like, man, when I was 36, I was a complete dummy. Uh, <laughs> so I, I love learning. I love continuing to grow you. I want to go in a direction. I don't know if people take you very often. And, and if you're uncomfortable with it, I understand. Talk about the power of money in life, just in general and what it means and the importance of it. Us coming from 10X and being in Miami just a couple of weeks ago is such this beautiful precedent of looking at money is not this bad thing, but people who come from where I come from being in poverty, being in the hood, like money yeah. is just kind of evil in the cesspool of life. But what role has it played for you and why does it matter? I think, I think that money has given me leverage. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, I come from more of a, a poverty mindset or as one great writer writes, a fixed mindset rather than a growth mindset. So I had to change my mentality via the book right there, Miracle Mentality is what I wrote. And I write a section about money and miracle mentality in that book. And so to me, we had a fixed mindset in the story family. But when I started seeing other families that did not have a fixed mindset, that was an observation. And I said, I want to start doing what they're doing. I want to start living like they're living. I like this idea that they were taking vacations, that they could afford things, they could do things, they had money set aside. So I made money, my friend, in my 20s. 
And then I started making millions of dollars in my 20s, in my 20s, in my 20s. And so money is a friend of mine. I don't push it away. I'm not grabby with it. I'm willing to give it. It's my friend. It's my friend. Yeah, money likes me. What was you hear what I said? No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm thinking about that. I'm like, money likes me. There, uh, there like a, a book I called read called Happy Money. And there's this idea about being gracious and having gratitude for money in every transaction and just simply taking a moment to say thank you, money. And and that's for purchases or delivery, right? And and in that, like you, I've had to have this massive shift in my mindset about it and recognizing like it's okay. Was there was there something pivotal that really kind of solidified that shift for you into accepting what you were observing? Yeah, because I had to I had to see how money can work in somebody that I respected. It wasn't the show off. It was the the person that was like, because I come from the Christian side, that was a good steward of their money. So I would see these families that like they gave to the church, they helped people, but yet they got a boat. That's interesting. I never seen a boat. These people got a boat and these people are dressed nice. So I started to say that, man, money's not all bad. These folks don't show off, but yet they have this kind of leverage. So to me, I like having currency because, like, for instance, I had to go into this place the other day, and the, the lady held the shop open because she knew who I was. So there were three people that helped me. So I tipped the shop owner $50. I tipped the one person to help me $50. They helped the other people $50. Now, I've only got like $33 worth of stuff, but I done tip $150 on a $33 purchase. Why? Because I felt like it. Because I can. Were you, were you showing off? Not at all. I was grateful. So I like having money because if my cousin comes to me and says, man, my tooth is hurting. If I'm in the mood, I could say, you should probably go to a dentist. Well, what dentist? Well, I have a dentist. That's what I did. Then they go to the dentist. Then the dentist tells me they need all kinds of stuff done. It's going to cost all this money. Then I go, okay, let's go and do it. That's a good feeling because that's my cousin. Make sense? Yes. So I like surplus. I like I like more than enough because it gives me the ability to, to, to maneuver. Do you think anyone is possible and capable of being able to step into that in their own life? 100%. How? Some of the people that have so much money are silly. Come on. <laughs> Some of these rappers are silly. Some of these athletes are silly. Some of these people that go to these big conferences even speak are silly. So, yeah, I think a lot of it is a, is a discipline of finding the avenue on how people started to bring in wealth. Like, come on, some of these crypto guys, they need bodyguards. These crypto Bitcoin guys. NFT guys, a lot of them need bodyguards. They're, they're rolling deep. And some of them, you know, they're kind of semi-smart. Some of them are very smart. Some are semi-smart. Yeah. So anybody can learn how to make money, no doubt about it. But you got to change your mentality. You got to get a miracle mentality. Do you think stepping in that miracle mentality is first? 100%. Yeah. You have to get to the point, again, look at me with my foreign currency. This stuff is my friend. Look. Michael, this stuff's my friend. I ain't scared. 
I gave $100,000 away when I was only 28 years of age. Did you know what I said? Yes. A hundred, a hundred, a hundred, It only hurt for 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. I gave $100,000 away when I was 28. Now, someone may get mad because I told the truth that I gave $100,000 away. What's my point? I didn't want money to own me. I wanted to give to this missions thing, so I did. But I believe you reap what you sow. It's not by accident that I keep getting all these big deals. I think you reap what you sow. What role does patience play in this for you? I think that I'm a very patient person. You notice even the way I talk is very Barack Obama-ish. I I think about every word I'm going to say. So I'm a very patient person. So maybe somebody that battles with being patient, maybe it's harder. But to me, I'm very methodical. It comes down to I got to plow, I got to plant, I got to water, and then someday I'm going to harvest. There's some things I have not harvested, but I've been planting those seeds since I was 20. Hmm. And I still have not got a harvest, but I'm patient and I just keep flowing. Patient is that knowing even before it happens, man. You just you just know that you know that you know that you know. Even before it happens, you just know. And you just you just keep walking like you know. Do, does that knowing come from like visualization, meditation, journaling? Like wh- where do you create knowing from in your life? My knowing comes from God. I just feel that for me, that God has a plan for my life and that there's a God idea. If I follow that God idea, the good things will happen. So I'm very like um, elementary in this, but look at all the stuff that's happening for my life. And I've taught a lot of really famous, powerful people to live this way, and it's working for them too. So I think that you have a God idea, follow your God idea, keep working your land, and I think things start to fall into place. Not overnight, but sometimes overnight, but over a period of time, you'll find your way. Do you think that there's a level of imagination that helps you step into that? Like, I, I think sometimes I am, Tim, I'll give you context. I imagined you being on this show. And here we are. I've reaped, I've, I've sowed this land for four years for this moment. Yeah. I, I imagine me being great friends with Oprah, and I am. I imagined it. Hmm. I used to watch her, and I would say, me and her are going to laugh. We're gonna, I'm going to tell her jokes, and I do. And she laughs, and I laugh at hers. And we've even danced together. You know how cool it is to dance with Oprah? I don't, but I want to find out, Tim. <laughs> oh, no, but for real, like she get, I get to go to her party. She has parties. And, but I saw it. I saw, I never chased it. I saw it. Mm. And when it happened, it was like that deja vu kind of thing that happens where I have these moments with people that I envisioned, like you're having a little bit of it now, like yeah. here's Tim's story coming from his house. He thinks I'm cool. He thinks I got a cool background. He thinks I got a cool shirt. He's proud of me that I'm only in my thirties and I'm making things happen. Dude, I'm busy. I'm sitting here right here because you're important. So visualization is so much a key 
That's why little kids do it. Little kids visualize things. Little kids see those things that are not yet as though they are ready. Don't let anybody take that away from you, man. I visualize every day. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I, I sit in that and also thank you. It means the world to me that you're here. Like truly does. I sit here and I, I look at my life and I go, I imagine all these things all the time. And I put myself in the position time and time and time again. And then it's like, I have deja vu every day. And, and I think that is just so much from the willingness to imagine the possibility and not let the limiting beliefs or the fixed mindset or the background or all of the things that have led to this moment in which I should be unsuccessful, be deterrence from my success. And to some extent, Tim, I just refuse it. And, yeah. and I, I wonder how much it is that you just have to refuse the negativity to be able to step into that future. Yeah, I think you, you, you have to. But I also think that, you know, like anybody that's around me, they always hear me say step by step. Like they, they say, I'm trying to do this. I always say step by step, just step by step. So to me, even though it looks like I'm accomplishing a lot, I just see myself as like a human being that needs to function, that needs uh, coaches in my life, needs spiritual direction, um, needs uh, a therapist to make sure I, you know, don't ever do anything too crazy. Um, and I, am I grateful for what I'm doing more than I could even verbalize? Like, please come on somebody. Um, but I'm just as regular as anybody else. And so are all these amazing humans. I get, I, I work with the greatest humans mindsets in the world, you know, 70s, five, 76, 77 countries deep. And I, I get to be around all these uber creative from scientists to tech nerds to, to artists. And Michael, they're, they're normal people like us, but they decide to get up and get out. Mm, get up and get out. Very well said, my friend. This has been a phenomenal, phenomenal conversation. Before I ask you my last question, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. So number one, Michael, Great job on this interview. Interviewing somebody is not always easy. You're very, very good at this. And uh, thank you for having me on uh, with all the other great guests that you've had on in the past. I appreciate it. So the best way to find me is just Tim Story. You see my name there. Dot com. TimStory.com. I have this new course called How to Speak Like a Master. If you want to be a better speaker, look into that. And then I have life coaching that I have all these coaches that coach people for a very affordable price. TimStory.com. Brilliant. And of course, we'll put that link in the show notes for the Unbroken Nation. Tim, my last question for you, my friend. What does it mean to you to be unbroken? To be unbroken to me means not to sit, settle, or cement yourself in the setback. To be broken is to sit, settle, and submit. To be unbroken is to have guts to leave the ruts, to quote Robert Schuller. So you have guts to leave the ruts, and you say, I'm not going to sit, I'm not going to settle, and I'm not going to submit myself. I'm going to have guts to leave my ruts. I'm going to get up and get out and not be broken. I'm going to be unbroken 
Goosebumps. Brilliantly said. Thank you for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken.